0: section 27 volume 3 of the book of a thousand nights and a night translated by richard burton this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox.org reading by lars rolander the book of a thousand nights and a night volume 3 section 27 when it was the one hundred and eightieth night she said it hath reached me o auspicious king that the ifratah maimunah spake thus to the ifrit danash sure am i that the like of my beloved is not in this world art thou mad to fellow thy beloved with my beloved he said allah upon thee o my lady go back with me and look upon my mistress and after i will with thee and look upon thy beloved she answered it must needs be so o accursed for thou art a knavish devil but i will not go with thee nor shalt thou come with me save upon condition of a wager which is this if the lover thou lovest and of whom thou boastest so bravely prove handsomer than mine whom i mentioned and whom i love and of whom i boast the bet shall be thine against me, but if my beloved prove the handsomer, the bet shall be mine against thee, quoth Danash, the Ifrit. I accept this thy wager, and am satisfied thereat. So come with me to the islands, quoth Maimuna. No, for the abode of my beloved is nearer than the abode of thine here it is under us so come down with me to see my beloved and after we will go look upon thy mistress i hear and i obey said danash so they descended to earth and alighted in the saloon which the tower contained then maimuna stationed danash beside the bed and putting out her hand drew back the silken coverlet from kamar al-zaman's face when it glittered and glistened and shimmered and shone like the rising sun. She gazed at him for a moment, then, turning sharply round upon Danash, said, Look, O accursed, and be not the basest of madmen. I am a maid, yet my heart he hath waylaid. So Danash looked at the prince, and long continued gazing steadfastly on him then, shaking his head, said to Maimuna by allah o my lady thou art excusable but there is yet another thing to be considered and this is that the estate female differeth from the male by allah's might this thy beloved is the likest of all created things to my mistress in beauty and loveliness and grace and perfection and it is as though they were both cast alike in the mould of Now when Maimuna heard these words the light became darkness in her sight and she dealt him with her wing so fierce a buffet on the head as well-nigh made an end of him then quoth she to him i conjure thee by the light of his glorious countenance go at once o accursed and bring hither thy mistress whom thou lovest so fondly and foolishly and return in haste that we may lay the twain together, and look on them both as they lie asleep side by side. So shall it appear to us which be the goodlier and more beautiful of the two. Except thou obey me this very moment, O accursed, I will dart my sparks at thee with my fire and consume thee. Yea, in pieces I will rend thee, and into the deserts cast thee that to stay at home and wayfarer an example thou be. Quoth Danash, O my lady, I will do thy behests, for I know for sure that my mistress is the fairer and the sweeter. So saying, the Ifrit flew away, and Maimona flew with him to guard him. They were absent a while, and presently returned, bearing the young lady, who was clad in a shift of fine Venetian silk, with a double-edging of gold and purfled with the most exquisite of embroidery having these couplets worked upon the ends of the sleeves three matters hinder her from visiting us in fear of hateful slandering envier and his hired spies the shining light of brow the trinket's tinkling voice and scent of essences that tell whenever she tries given that she hide her brow with edge of sleeve and leave. At home her trinketry, how shall her scent disguise? And Danash and Maimuna stinted not bearing that young lady till they had carried her into the saloon, and had laid her beside the youth Kamar al-Zaman. And Shahrazad perceived the dawn of day, and ceased saying her permitted say. When it was the one hundred and eighty-first night, she said it hath reached me o auspicious king that the ifrit danash and the ifrata Maimuna stinted not bearing princess budur till they descended and laid her on the couch beside kamara al-zaman then they uncovered both their faces and they were the likest of all folk each to other as they were twins or an only brother and sister and indeed they were a seduction to the pious Even as saith of them the poet Al-Mubin, O heart, be not thy love confined to one, Lest thou by doting or disdain be undone. Love all the fair, and thou shalt find with them, If this be lost to thee that shall be won. And quoth another, mine eyes beheld two lying on the ground, Both had I loved if on these ein they lay so danash and maimona gazed on them a while and he said by allah o my lady it is good my mistress is assuredly the fairer she replied not so my beloved is the fairer woe to thee o danash art blind of eye and heart that lean from fat thou canst not depart wilt thou hide the truth dost thou not see his beauty and loveliness and fine stature and symmetry out on thee hear what i propose to say in praise of my beloved and if thou be a lover true to her thou dost love do thou the like for her thou lovest then she kissed kamar al again and again between the eyes and improvised this ode how is this why should the blamer abuse thee in his pride what shall console my heart for thee that art but slender bough a nature cold eye thou hast that witcheth far and wide from pure platonic love of it deliverance none i trow those glances fell as plundering turk to heart such havoc deal as never havoced scimitar made keenest at the curve on me thou layst load of love the heaviest while i feel so feeble grown that under weight of chemisette i swerve my love for thee as wottest well is habit and my low is nature to all others false is all the love i tender now were my heart but like to shine i never would say no only my wasted form is like thy waist so gracious slender out on him who in beauty's robe for moon like charms hath fame and who is claim by mouth of men as marvel of his tribe of man what manner may he be ask they who flight and blame for whom thy heart is so distressed i only cry describe o stone and tempered heart of him learn of his yielding grace and bending form to show me grace, and yielding to consent. O my prince beautiful, thou hast an overseer in place, who irketh me, and eke a groom, whose wrong cloth near relent. Indeed he lieth, who hath said that all of loveliness was pent in Joseph, in thy charms there's many, and many a joe. The genie breed me when I stand and face to face address, But meeting thee, my fluttering heart, Its shame and terror show. I take aversion semblance, And I turn from thee in fright, But more aversion, I assume, More love from me dost claim. That hair of jetty black, That brow ever-raying radiant light, Those eyne wherein white jostles black, that dearling dainty frame when danash heard the poesy which maimunah spake in praise of her beloved he joyed with exceeding joy and marvelled with excessive wonderment and shahrazad perceived the dawn of day and ceased to say her permitted say when it was the one hundred and eighty-second night she said it hath reached me o auspicious king that when the ifrit danash heard the poesy which maimona spake in praise of her beloved he shook for exceeding joy and said thou hast celebrated thy beloved in song and thou hast indeed done well in praise of him whom thou lovest and there is no help for it but that i also in my turn do my best to infame my mistress and recite somewhat in her honour then the ifrit went up to the lady budur and kissing her between the eyes looked at maimona and at his beloved princess and recited the following verses albeit he had no skill in poesy love for my fair they chide in angry way unjust for ignorance yea unjust is they ah lovish favors on the love mad whom taste of thy wrath and parting woe shall slay in sooth for love i'm wet with railing tears that rail mine eyelids blood, thou mightest say. No marvel what I bear for love, tis marvel that any know my me while thou'rt away. Unlawful were our union did I doubt thy love or heart inclined to other may. And eke these words I feed eyes on their steed by the valley's side, and I'm slain, and my slaver aside hath tried. Grief-wine have I drunken, and down my cheeks Danced tears to the song of the camel-guide. For union-blessing I strive, though sure, In budur and swad all my bliss shall bide. What I not which of three gave me most to plain, So hear them numbered ere thou decide? Those sworders her eyne, that lancers her figure, Or ring-mailed locks, which her forehead hide quoth she and i ask of her whatso waits or abide in towns or in desert ride to me in thy heart i dwell look there quoth i where's my heart aware aware when maimunah heard these lines from the ifrit she said thou hast done well o danash but say thou which of the two is the handsomer and he answered my mistress buddha is handsomer than thy beloved cried Maymunah, thou liest o accursed nay my beloved is more beautiful than thine but danash persisted mine is the fairer and they ceased not to wrangle and challenge each other's words till Maymunah cried out at danash and would have laid violent hands on him but he humbled himself to her and, softening his speech said let not the truth be a grief to thee and cease we this talk for all we say is to testify in favour of our lovers rather let each of us withdraw the claim and seek we one who shall judge fairly between us which of the two be fairer and by his sentence we will abide i agree to this answered she and smote the earth with her foot whereupon there came out of it an ifrit blind of an eye humpbacked and scurvy skinned with eye orbits slit up and down his face on his head were seven horns and four locks of hair fell to his heels his hands were pitchfork like and his legs mast-like and he had nails as the claws of a lion and feet as the hoofs of the wild ass when that ifrit rose out of the earth and sighted maimona he kissed the ground before her and standing with his hands clasped behind him said what is thy will o my mistress o daughter of my king she replied o kaskash i would have thee judge between me and this accursed danash and she made known to him the matter from first to last whereupon the Ifrit kaskash looked at the face of the youth and then at the face of the girl and saw them lying asleep embraced each with an arm under the other's neck alike in beauty and loveliness and equal in grace and goodliness the marid gazed long upon them marveling at their seemly head and after carefully observing the twain he turned to maimuna and danash and recited these couplets go visit her thou lovest and regard not the words detractors utter envious churls can never favour love or sure the merciful never made a thing more fair to look upon than two fond lovers in each other's arms speaking their passion in a mute embrace when heart has turned to heart the fools would part them strike idly on cold steel so when thou'st found one purely folly shine except her true heart, And live for her alone, O thou that blamest! The love-struck for their love, give o'er thy talk, How canst thou minister to a mind deceased? Then he turned again to Maimuna and Danash, and said to them, by allah if you will have the truth i tell you fairly that twain be equal in beauty and loveliness and perfect grace and goodliness nor can i make any difference between them on account of their being man and woman but i have another thought which is that we wake each of them in turn without the knowledge of the other and whichever is the more enamoured shall be held inferior in seemlihood and comeliness quoth Maimuna, right is this wrecking and quoth dahnash i consent to this then dahnash changed himself to the form of a flea and bit kamar al saman whereupon he started from sleep in a fright and shahrazad perceived the dawn of day and ceased to say her permitted say when it was the one hundred and eighty-third night she said it has reached me o auspicious king that danash changed himself to the form of a flea and bit kamar al-zaman who started from sleep in a fright and rubbed the bitten part his neck and scratched it hard because of the smart then turning sideways he found lying by him something whose breath was sweeter than musk and whose skin was softer than cream hereat marvelled he with great marvel and he sat up and looked at what lay beside him, when he saw it to be a young lady like a union pearl, or a shining sun, or a dome seen from afar on a well-built wall, for she was five feet tall, with a shape like the letter Alif, bosomed high and rosy-cheeked, even as saith of her the poet. Four things which never conjoin unless it be, to store my vitals and to shed my blood, Brow white as day, and tresses black as night, Cheeks rosy red, and lips, which smiles over flood. And also quoth another, a moon she rises, Will o' one she waves, Breathes ambergris, and gazes a gazelle, Meseems that sorrow woes my heart and winds, And when she wendeth hastes therein to dwell. And when Kamar al-Zaman saw the Lady Budur, daughter of King Gayer, and her beauty and comeliness, she was sleeping clad in a shift of Venetian silk, without her petticoat trousers, and wore on her head a kerchief embroidered with gold and set with stones of price. Her ears were hung with twin earrings, which shone like constellations, and round her neck was a collar of union pearls, of size unique past the competence of any king when he saw this his reason was confounded and natural heat began to stir in him allah awoke in him the desire of question and he said to himself whatso allah willeth that shall be and what he willeth not shall never be so saying he put out his hand and turning her over loosed the collar of her chemise then arose before his sight her bosom, with its breasts like double globes of ivory, whereat his inclination for her redoubled, and he desired her with exceeding hot desire. He would have awakened her, but she would not awake, for Danash had made her sleep heavy. So he shook her and moved her, saying, O oh, my beloved, awake and look on me! I am Kamar al saman But she awoke not neither moved her head whereupon he considered her case for a long hour and said to himself if i guess aright this is the damsel to whom my father would have married me and these three years past i have refused her but insallah god willing as soon as it is dawn i will say to him marry me to her that i may enjoy her and Shahrazad perceived the dawn of day, and ceased to say her permitted say. End of section 27 of The Book of a Thousand Nights and a Night, Volume 3, read by Lars Rolander.